What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. So sorry for the lengthy absence. Uh, again, caught up in family projects and work projects, and uh, yeah, we, uh, we've relocated our shop, our soap business shop, here to the property. Uh, so we have no retail locations left. Locations, like plural, like I've had a bunch. We have no retail shop left. Uh, so right now we are strictly online and events and shows locally, uh, that only, and we've been working on our little mini homestead thing going on here, uh, playing with the chickens, getting their run set up, fixing their coop. We had to move a bunch of stuff in our yard to make the shop fit. We got our gardens going, working on projects around the house, things like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of back into the groove now. We're getting back to the videos starting today, which I'm recording Saturday night, but you guys are going to see this on Sunday. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of at a point now where, you know, I can sort of bounce back and forth and do both. I also spent like three days. My wife says I was obsessed, but I mean, I'm not sure if three days really counts as obsessed. But uh, we chopped and split wood. We've been getting free firewood coming out of our ears. And uh, it's kind of cool. I do enjoy splitting wood and... Maybe I can get back into some kind of shape other than round. Also, I found a source for free window sashes. Uh, some full windows, you know, in their frames, and some are just sashes. Some are our French doors. Uh, one four by six foot uh, fixed pane, all dual pane glass. And uh, so some of it's going to go towards a greenhouse that I'm building for my wife right out this wall here. And then... Uh, That'll happen sometime later this summer. So now I have to sit on a bunch of windows until then, but I got them for free. So, uh, part of homesteading is scavenging and using what you got, not going out and spending thousands of dollars to build a fancy dancy greenhouse. So anyway, enough rambling. Let's do some tech support. I didn't know that anyone read these. Many years ago, I provided IT support to a small high school in the city I was living in at the time. As you may know, we were required to implement web filtering on student Chromebooks to ensure they were not accessing inappropriate material on school computers. If a legitimate website was being blocked by the filter and a teacher wanted to use it in class, there was a text field on the Access Denied page where the teacher could put in a password to temporarily bypass the block and then could put in a ticket later to have it permanently allowed. Students being students would of course try to guess the passwords to get the blocked sites without needing to ask a teacher. One day I was looking through the logs to see why an educational website was being blocked and noticed repeated failed attempts by a student to access a different site. The site he was trying to access was some kind of art web app that let you draw stuff in a browser. Nothing inappropriate, just was getting blocked by accident. Attempt 1, previous password that had to be changed because the students figured it out. Attempt 2, unblock. Well, there's a good password. Attempt 3, Fiajushilizabadask. I don't know what that says, but anyway. Attempt number four, <laughs> in quotes. Why the F is this website blocked? I'm effing 17. It's not inappropriate. <laughs> now, this was no big deal. This sort of thing happens all the time. But I was sitting next to a teacher and showed him just because I thought it was funny. I guess the teacher must have said something to the student because the next day I saw the student's username show up in the logs again. But this time, the password attempt was... Hey, I'm sorry for cussing you out. I didn't know that anyone read these. <laughs> That's funny. I tend to do things like that when I get frustrated. and I, I think they're just automated systems. I don't think anybody's going to sit down and read them. You know, I went through a time period where Comcast, which is our internet provider, really ticked me off constantly. Couldn't make the routers work right. Couldn't sync it with, couldn't sync their modem with my router. 
and then get my Wi-Fi going right in the house. And one time I was just so sick and I thought, you know, okay, one last try. And I named the system Comcast Blues. And then the password was something totally inappropriate. But anyway, uh, later on we got upgraded to a new modem and I went ahead and got a new router because that was starting to crap out. Now we're Comcast Blues 2.0. The five stages of the password reset. In the voice of Morgan Freeman, yeah, I can't do that. We begin our tale today following the lightning count one and his daily exploits of handling the overflows. Today was like many other days, except he would soon take a crash course in the five stages of, gr I mean, uh, password reset. Me. Hello, thank you for calling IT. This is me. How may I help you today? User. Yes, I'm having trouble logging in this morning. The call started just like most. Me. Is it giving you an error message? User. Yes, it's saying incorrect username or password, but that can't be right. My password is good. We have the first stage right here. Denial. See, our plucky user is about to come face to face with the grim reality. Her password had indeed expired. Me. Guess your password expired on you. Head to the password reset website, please. I'll walk you through it. User. This is so dumb. Every time I turn around, I have to reset my password. Every time it screws something up. I always have to call back a day or two later to have you guys fix something. Our user very rapidly slammed headfirst into the second stage. Anger. Her frustration over the situation was too much for her frayed Monday morning nerves, and it spilled over into the call. But oh no no, we're not done here, dear readers. See, our user will very soon blast right past anger and into stage 3, bargaining. User. Oh, I bet my numlock was off. No, that's not it. Maybe caps lock? No. I bet it... Oh, no, not that either. How about if I just type it really slow? <laughs> the lightning count one was very quiet as he waited for the user to process these things, for he knew that the dreaded fourth stage was coming immediately next. User. Oh, no. God dang it. I'm going to have to reset it. Me. Yes, ma'am. Sounds like that is the case. User. But every time I reset it, something breaks and I lose productivity. This sucks so much. The lightning count one waited again for her to process this and until he heard her reach the final stage. Acceptance. User. What was the password reset website again? Our protagonist helped our dear user reset her password that day and taught her a valuable lesson in the meantime. Well, at least he hoped he did. Users being users and all, he just wasn't quite sure that the lesson stuck. But our experienced IT employee wasn't done just yet, for he had seen the inevitable outcome of the morning's events. Me. By the way, while you're on the phone, let's go ahead and make sure your email on your iPhone is working with a new password. That way we can avoid your account locking out. And just like that, the lightning count one played his part in the growth of this one user as a person. I'm not Morgan Freeman, but you're reading this in his voice. It's funny, even as I was reading it, I kind of had Morgan Freeman's voice in my head, although I can't even do his cadence right. Uh, but I kept waiting to hear the name Andy Dufresne. Hmm. I need a break. It's been some really stressful weeks, and I just spent around 15 to 20 minutes trying to figure out why Excel isn't marking a particular line in a rather long file with all printers and their basic informations as duplicate. It took me 20 minutes and a colleague to figure to realize that xxx.xxx.124.xxx is not identical to xxx.xxx.214.xxx. Just some basic info, I'm cleaning up a mess that some ex-colleague left and created over the course of roughly 10-ish years on a print server and at other servers to get sure everything is migrated on the new systems and over the years so many ports, not existing printers and so forth have accumulated. 
And it didn't help that for years we had like three separate systems each with its own print server function and while all of them accessed, partially, the same printers, they were independent systems that to a degree no one bothered to maintain. Gigantic pile of poodoo. I'm out for today. I'm not sure I understand half of what I just read, except I do know that I've been left to clean up other people's messes before and, uh, you know, sometimes your job's frustrating enough on its own without help from a colleague who was incompetent to begin with and then started doing malicious things incompetently on their way out the door. Yeah. And just like magic, the requirements don't apply to us anymore. I work on any different sites on different types of equipment. Most visits are for routine service visits for customers with service contracts. Over the last few years, a lot of sites required us to sign up to various portal sites. So rather than someone on site making sure that we have the necessary qualifications, are insured and all that, they have an external company do that for a fee that they expect us to pay for. There is a minority of sites where we don't have to pay for this. We recently had a customer, a contractor already on site, so we'd be subcontracting in to do the work on a site that requires us to be signed up to a certain portal company. That customer has a new requirement that we sign up with a different portal company. The cost of being signed up with Portal Company 1 was already factored in when we commissioned this system a few years ago, and then continued with the routine maintenance. The cost for Portal Company 2 was significant, roughly 20% of the overall job, so we quoted this as a line item for the customer's new service quote for 2023. Prior to this, they were absolutely insistent that we have to be signed up with Portal Company 2 and just expected us to absorb the cost. Once they realized that we'd charged them for it, the requirements went away. Funny how that happens. <laughs> being in construction for years and being a superintendent on commercial uh, construction sites, I know what that's like to a certain extent. You know, you bid a job with a certain contract with a spec book that, you know, explains everything down to the most minute detail. You know, colors, tiles, finishes, carpets, uh, what type of steel, how is the steel supposed to be finished, what fireproofing is there, yada, yada, yada. The list goes on for miles. Anyway, and then somewhere along the line, whether it's a private customer or some government agency, they'll start making changes. Well, they think they've got us over a barrel because we signed a contract to do this job for X price. But what they don't realize is that contract also says that price is for what you spec'd out to be done. And if you start making changes, it is also in the contract that we're going to start adding change orders. And you have to pay those or sign that you're going to pay them before we ever start making those changes. I mean, basically, we just change order them to death because they wanted pretty much 20% of the job changed before we were done. Oh, yeah. And then they want to try to throw in liquidated damages when you start becoming late on your end date when you're supposed to have the job wrapped up and be inspected and turn it over. Well, we can't help it that, you know, all of a sudden you went from domestic tiles to some special Italian imported marble or whatever. And... You know, that put us like three weeks extra behind or something. Yeah, people are amazing. Oh, well. The support call that brought me to tears. Apologies if formatting isn't correct as I'm posting on mobile. I work for an ISP in the UK, and this story is from when I worked at a previous ISP. This story always sticks to me as a time I made a difference. Me, your half-competent tech support guy. WL, widowed lady who was at a point of breakdown. It was late towards the end of the late evening shift when I get a call through from a woman who was distressed and about to cry down the phone. They asked if I could help with a voicemail on their copper landlines as their husband had passed away a few months before and had recorded a message on it. 
This had already been going on for a few months as the provisioning department had somehow ceased their services a couple months before when changing the account to her name. They had somehow struggled to reorder the service and then told her everything was lost without confirming with tech support. Sensing the distress, I slowed down and asked her to describe as best she could what she meant by a message and when this was recorded. The widow says that it was done years ago and is meant to play when calling the line. This narrowed this down to being one of two things. Either the voicemail service inbuilt to the line at the exchange level or their handset. The inbuilt one would mean everything was indeed lost. The other gave hope, so we would. I asked them to give me five minutes, and when I rang their line to let it ring to voicemail, we hung up and I went into the systems to remove the inbuilt voicemail, then took a deep breath and rang their number. 30 seconds in and a gruff older gentleman starts speaking, saying to leave a message. Before I knew what was happening, the tears started streaming and the lady picked up. I tried my best to keep a clear voice and inform them that I may have sorted it and to try ringing their landline from a mobile and that I would call back in two minutes. I rang back as promised and was met with happy crying and profuse thank yous for giving her the first moment of joy in months. I wished her well and just said that it's just my job to try and help. In the aftermath, I just sat there in disbelief that she had four months of misery all because no one in the other department thought to confirm an issue with us, the ones who actually know how it works. This isn't a complex story, but I thought it's one worth sharing and that there are times that we can genuinely provide joy for others. I got to say, I've never, I've never had the opportunity to do something quite that deep for somebody, but you just never know. I mean, sometimes it's the little things that help hold people together, you know, help them hang on to that last little memory. You know, I, I have phone messages from other people. Uh, I have a voicemail from my dad that he left on my voicemail on my phone, uh, and he passed a couple years ago come September. And uh, I don't go back and listen to it, really. I think I tripped on it once after he passed. But I just can't bring myself to uh, delete it just yet. Eh, it's one of those things, you know. Sometimes it's nice to, you know, play it back and hear that voice. And, you know, think about good memories and all that. So, good on you. Why are you stupid? My boss had a business partner term business rival. They fell out over something before my time, and the guy opens another IT shop directly across from us. We can see each other through the windows. My boss always suspected it was deliberate, and would revisit his annoyance loudly, frequently, and repetitively. If there was one thing my boss loved, it was retelling the same tired stories and jokes. I guess it was somehow grounding for him, the predictability and safety of a polished, worn-down tale, a form of security blanket. For us, though, we died a little more on each retelling. He hated being begged to shut up about it, <laughs> having that reliving of glory days or righteous indignation interrupted or denied. One day he's crowing about a story he's heard that Rival had either fried three motherboards with a dodgy PSU or the other way around, killed three power supplies with one motherboard before learning from that mistake. Oh ho ho, the schadenfreude. Sometime later a customer brings in a MacBook that won't hold a charge. My boss has a similar MacBook, so he swaps the battery to find that his own laptop is now shagged. Like the customers, it works only off mains power, even with his own battery back in. Knowing I also just happen to have my own MacBook of the same model, he turns to me and asks me if he can. Uh, no, of course you can't. Well, damn, he took that personally. Are you trying to say I'm stupid? Not for testing it on your own laptop, no. That's a legit troubleshooting technique. But asking me for mine? Yeah, dude. Why the F? Cue a prolonged argument over me not making personal possessions available for business use because he'd rather F my laptop than admit he was making the exact same mistake he was lording over rival for. Did I let him test with my MacBook? No. Obviously I didn't. 
I lend it to a friend who is going to buy it from me in installments, who goes to me and stole 500 pounds worth of unpaid laptop and the iPod I'd also let him borrow. I'm stupid, but not kill a third laptop's charging capability stupid. <laughs> Some people never learn from their mistakes, but it sounds like you did. You know, if I give anybody something on payments or I give them a loaner or something like that, I pretty much am assuming that I'm never going to see that item or that cash again and uh, that it was a gift. If I get anything for it, okay, it's a bonus. And then I can have a little bit more faith in humanity at that point. Other than that, though, yeah, not much faith left. All right, guys, again, sorry it's been so long since I've uploaded, but uh, here we are. You know how it goes. Life gets in the way, and uh, I appreciate you all hanging around. And, well, you guys are going to be on YouTube anyway, but uh, I'm glad you all are coming back over here to start watching my stuff again. So, And uh, if you get a chance and you're up for it and you like podcasts, go ahead on over to uh, Spotify and check out uh, Storytime with Uncle Reddit over on Spotify. Yeah, all the same episodes go up over there. So, All right, see ya.